This is Residence 104.4 FM. Flipping marvellous. Also on uh, the LondonLiteraryPopCrawl.com website and the new BohemianBritain.com, which still makes me laugh, uh, website. Uh, I'm Nick Hennigan. This is Literary London, but we're not. We're actually literally in Edinburgh. Another episode of the artistic orgy that has been the festival that almost never happened. Edinburgh 2021. And um, I'm spoiled where you say hello, Alex. Hello. I met Alex on a road outstairs. Alex is a stand-up comic. And also, I've got some official people here. Tim's still here. Say hello, Tim. Yeah, I'm still here. Can't get rid of me. Yeah. We had a chat last time. <laughs> um, and c- c- we've got assembly. We're in Assembly Gardens, which is a, a beautiful place. Um, and the last few years, I've had shows up here with Assembly as well. And, and Guy Masterson, who gets into everything, doesn't he? Um, just introduce yourselves, then. Uh, my name is Hannah. I work in the press office at Assembly. And I'm Daniel. I work in the marketing office at Assembly as well. And you're full-time there, because you've got the, 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 the European City of Culture in Coventry and all sorts of stuff going on. Yes, it's been, as you can imagine, the last 18 months have been quite interesting. Yeah. Uh, and it's been so curious sort of seeing the world sort of open back up and the way culture has responded. Uh, so in the course of a matter of months, we've gone from having no festivals to having two festivals happening simultaneously at both ends of the country. Someone, a friend of mine did say she's an actor in Birmingham. She said that she went to Coventry and saw all the branding for the assembly for the festival. She said the weird thing was no one was flyering she said I was able to walk through without getting a flyer thrust upon me and in fact there's not been that much flyering this year in, in Edinburgh has it? which is if you've never been to the Edinburgh Festival by the way it's almost impossible to walk anywhere without someone chucking a flyer at you uh, in fact Alex you because Alex you're, sta- you're doing stand-up comedy you've come from New York God bless you and we, you, I asked you for a flyer eventually when we got chatting didn't we did you I thought I forced to fly on you that's what I do no, you didn't. You got them in a bag. You took one out of the bag and I asked for one, yeah. Oh. I, I have to say, Alex, is, as you can probably tell if you're listening in stereo, uh, Alex has got a kilt on and some fantastic yellow. Have you still got yellow? Yeah! What do you call those? Cracks. Uh, That's the one. And uh, uh, so an interesting kilt. And I thought, gosh, obviously a local. Um, and you sort of, you are now, aren't you? You're here for the whole festival. Um, was it a big decision to come over in, you know this year after Covid and stuff to come over and you're here for the whole festival aren't you you're part of the free fringe no no I really I, I, I thought I would make a statement I'll come no matter what that was my I, in January I said I'm coming no matter what I have to do I'll, I, I was I'm sure I told you like I was following this, the lead of the uh, comedian Nathan Cassidy who claimed last year that he was the only show on the fringe <laughs> right. And I thought it was cool, so I, I like I, I made my decision to come long time ago, but I didn't prepare. I didn't I didn't know what's going to happen, so I came here and I saw that, uh, that I mean, there's so many opportunities. So I decided on the spot to do a show. And you stayed for the whole of the three weeks. And for the whole year. And how's it gone so far? Great. That's I mean to me it's the best year ever. And do you you perform in New York as well? Yeah. yeah. How, how do they compare? Well, well, you, do you want the honest truth? Yes. <laughs> yeah, as long as it's decent and honest, yes, yeah, of course. Well, New York is very, you know, business kind of, you no know, niche thing. You gotta hit the spot. You have to be the guy they like within like the frame they want. You have to get to the right people, and that's it. You know, if you're outside of the frame, you screwed. Whereas here, you can actually get a chance, and this year, you get even more chances. So you can you can do what you want and and uh, have a good time. Yeah, that's sense. Yeah, I mean it's, it's it's a huge difference. I mean I I'm, I'm a big fan and I'm like I'm I'm, I'm I, like on Facebook I keep talking like come come this is a good year come now. 
Yeah, and how have you found, what's the sort of official, not the official, but you know, the kind of the venue line? It must be kind of difficult from the programming point of view, and because I mean, we were at the Blue Room, which is not where I can almost see from where we are now, um, and that's not there, because it was built especially for the Fringe, and some of the studios as well, they're not there. And I noticed at Roxy, which of course is where, uh, is where you're performing, Tim, they've, um, there's only the two spaces, I think, or is it one space? Two? One, one, one space. So how, how's, it, how's it been in terms of, sort of programming and putting all that together and letting the press know that it's sort of happening? Um, and to add even more complications to that, the restrictions in Scotland were only lifted yesterday on the Monday, weren't they? One of the nice things, I suppose, about having a smaller festival is that we have much more time for all the individual productions. In a normal year assembly, we'd have over 200 shows and it's very very difficult to give everybody the attention that they deserve so having that contracted program is allowing us to learn about the shows and meet the performers and give them much more attention and you know just learn about the shows a bit more um, yeah, assembly have been brilliant to me I have to, I have to say uh, uh, 2019 my, my assembly producer I probably had two or three conversations with in the whole month that I was here and I've seen her every day on this and she's been terrific and, and Jodie and, and um, uh, I came and saw the show today on the third performance and, and, that, and that's fantastic as you say to have, have that time to do that it's, it's great and it's great for us too and it, it helps build that relationship and how have you, because your show, Shell Shocked, is uh, it's a proven success. How have you found this festival? Uh, how have I found it? Well, I turned up in Edinburgh and there it was. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, it's very different. It's, it's a lot, as, as, as Alex was saying, it's, 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 it feels a lot warmer, a lot, n not the weather. Um, <laughs> the, the people, it feels, uh, people are glad to be here and people are glad to come and see shows, those that do come. And the responses have been very warm and very encouraging, which is which is really great. There isn't that sense. I remember in 2019, just thinking every time I went to stage, thinking, "Crikey, everyone's a critic," you know. And and there's a difference between a reviewer and a critic, but that's a whole different story. Um, and this time, it doesn't feel like that. It feels like it feels like a supportive environment, which I guess is what the Fringe always used to be. And and that's great. And that again, that is a tribute to the to the people who are producing me here, which is Assembly. And these guys have done a terrific job of uh, of helping all of us feel a little bit more secure in what we're doing and a little more comfortable in what we're doing. So power to you. Yeah, well done. I was going to say, so how is the smaller fringe? But that's one for the fringe office. You know. Wasn't it all getting too big? It's just a comedy festival. Oh, sorry, Alex. That's all right. <laughs> how, how have you found it, the lockdown? Uh, you know, because you're a full-time, you're working with Assembly full-time. You must have had a weird couple of years. <laughs> I think it's particularly strange because I called Edinburgh home for five years and I think like many people that moved to the city I was drawn by the festival and the broader cultural sort of landscape the city has so then to have a year where obviously everything changed but at that core in that summer season where there was nothing we could we could sit in this very space we're talking right now and it was empty and there was no one you could be the only person in this square um, so this year was just it's just so incredibly important even though it's come together in a matter of weeks um, just to keep that flame going and keep that magic going particularly as we look ahead to 2022 which will be the 75th anniversary of the first ever fringe and at assembly we'll be celebrating four decades since we started so it was just so important you know despite the world as it was and the restrictions and all the, the various hurdles in place to make something happen to keep that art going uh, and now we're here I still I still sort of pinch myself that it's actually happening and there are people on stage and there are audiences like as we're talking going in um, to come see a show it's just magic. And of course, I was aware of the because the, the history of the fringe. Um, in case you know people don't know, originally it was the well, 
the Edinburgh Festivals. And in fact, I've, there's an interview on uh, BohemianBritain.com with the director of the Edinburgh Book Festival, who's got a different offering which starts on the 14th of August this year. But it's the Edinburgh Festivals, isn't it? But just tell us a bit about the, the background of the Fringe and how that started. I mean, it dates back to, uh, to sort of 1947. That's where the Fringe began. It was based on this principle that post-war, where Europe had been divided, it's about this idea of using culture to bring it back together. Uh, and the story goes that they, uh, various different cities uh, pitched up uh, to be the host of, of said festival. And Edinburgh was allegedly the only one that arrived on time uh, to the event. Uh, but it's based on this idea of you know, unifying cultures, having, you know, I think there's a Jewish orchestra uh, directed by an, uh, um, an Austrian conductor. And it was that idea of people coming together. Uh, and the story, which has kind of become legendary now, is that eight theatre groups turned up and they said, we'd like to be part of this programme. Six of them from Scotland and two of them from England. And they turned up and they said, we'd love to be included. And they were turned away. And undeterred, they said, actually, we're just going to do this anyway. So those eight uh, performers that in the early years were referred to as the Festival Adjuncts on the side of it. Um, I think it was within the next year, I think it was as a writer who said, it could be argued that those performing on the fringe of the festival actually have more to offer. Uh, and fast forward, you know, seven decades, uh, it is it has become everything. And it's the idea that anyone can come and give it a go. It still rings true today. It is. I mean, I suppose, would you say that's, that's true, Tim and, uh, and Alex? It is, it's a... I mean, it's the world, certainly was, anyway, the world's biggest open arts festival. Uh, is that open thing make a difference, do you think? Yeah, I, it, it is an open access uh, festival, and I think it's important that it stays that way. I think, that obviously, this year is uh, probably a little bit more curated uh, in terms of what Assembly are doing. It has to be, because there are fewer spaces available, and we don't quite know where we're going with it. But I think, you know, Alex is doing free fringe. He's, that there is still that element of people rocking up and doing their own thing. Alex was saying just now, weren't you? You were saying that um, you weren't quite sure what you were going to do till he got here. Well, and, and that, that's I'm not even doing free fringe, I'm, because they haven't registered me yet. As of now, I'm completely unregistered. So you're fringe, fringe. I'm like fringe, yeah, I'm, I'm triple you're fringe. fringe or triple like fringe. I'm totally, yeah. <laughs> so like, you're, you're there's no way to find out about my show. Mate, you, you, you <laughs> there is now, because you can tell us all about it now. <laughs> Where are you on? So I'm at Bannerman's at 4 o'clock every night, apart from Saturdays. And but it's is easy on. to find. There's only three shows in the whole street. <laughs> <laughs> and it's on, uh, what's the street? Mini Street, is it? It's, it's Nidri and uh, Cowgate. Yeah. So... Again, it's, it's very easy to find. Travel luck is before me and then me. That's it. <laughs> and what's the show called? It's just called... Anything Goes. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's the first thing that came to my mind and, and I stand by it. Anything Goes. Come see it. You'll know it. <laughs> How long are you on for? Is... It's an hour. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah the full run. But you did every night. That's fantastic. Apart from Saturday, you say. Apart from Saturday. And how have you how have you found audiences? I mean, are there audiences? I mean, we, you know, how, how, and how are they? Are, are you getting that kind of vibe that everyone's really grateful to be here? Absolutely, absolutely. Good audiences. They're happy to be here. They nice. They open. And there's a lot of people. Like, I, I, like it's almost full. And you also said you were finding you bumped into other comedians as well, sort of fellow artists. I, I seem everyone having the same experience. You know, most shows sold out. Uh, and the free festival, the Laughing Horse, almost everything sold out. Uh, free French, I mean, there are a few shows, but they all sold out. Monkey Barrel, all sold out. So really, like, you comfortable. You don't have to hustle. It's like you just uh, finally can, you know, do what you want to do. And have people been worried about the social distancing and, and masks and stuff? Or has that not been an issue, do you think? Not, not in my case, no. People seem to be relaxed, yeah. And how's the official version of what's going to happen next year? Are you going to be here, Tim, next year? Do you know? 
wait and see if these kind people at Assembly invite me to come here next year. I have no idea. We'll, we'll see. What about yourself, Alex? You got plans for next year? Do the same thing. Yeah. But I, I, I'm a lot of people, you know, keeping it off till the next year. My point of view, no, do it now. You know, you don't know what's going to happen next year. Now. Yeah. Yeah, but, but you know, I'll be doing it every year. <laughs> You're old and grey like me. And so, have you got, what, are there any plans for next year, it being the 75th anniversary? One or two people will say, no, of course it's going to happen next year, irrespective of plague, fire and pestilence, because it is the 75th anniversary. Is there anything been planned yet? I'm sure Daniel's probably can have a better answer than, than I do. Um, I don't know if anything's been planned, but, oh my goodness, I hope it comes back. Um, this... It, this is such a feeling to be sat here again after two years to be talking I mean where was the last time I spoke to somebody I just met five yeah. minutes ago and it would be fantastic if it just came back with a, with a you know a real fever that would be wonderful and you're, you're living in Edinburgh aren't you? I do yes yeah. um, so I'm from Scotland originally in case you hadn't already <laughs> gathered. Um, I've lived in Edinburgh for nine years now. Um, I've been working at the Fringe um, professionally for two years, non-professionally for six. How do you mean non-professionally? You mean as a volunteer? or been... uh, No, so uh, just a community theatre, um, directing, performing, promoting. Oh, <laughs> that's that. good. What were yeah. you do? What was your last show? Last show I directed was an award-winning production of Catch-22. That's a PR person talking, isn't it? <laughs> it is indeed, isn't it? <laughs> Hooray! Well done. So uh, do you know of any official plans that we've got for next year? Not as such, but I think one of the most important things looking ahead to next year is obviously you have the Edinburgh Festival Fringe, which sits separately from the International Festival. But the Fringe in itself is an incredibly international celebration of culture. And that's the one thing we, you know, we, we are we're missing this year, is there are so many um, companies and performers that would have been part of our programme, but just due to the global situation, it's not quite possible. And in many cases, we've been able to, to, to shift their performances online. Uh, and the one thing we can't wait to get back to is in 2022, it's welcoming you know, our friends from Australia and Canada and all over the world back onto our stages to perform again. Um, it's been great. Um, you know, we have we have people travelling from all over the world to perform this year. But in 22, hopefully, you know, it's back to being that international celebration that it's become renowned for. Yes, because Zoom, I mean, who'd heard of Zoom a year or so ago? But it's not quite the same now, is it? Tim, I mean, as a performer, have you done, you've done some online stuff, but it, it must be a very different experience, or is it? You know, I'm not, I'm going to, rock the boat a bit here. I'm not a fan of online theatre. I think theatre is an interactive live experience and I think often when people film stuff and put it out online it doesn't work. Um, that said, I do know people right now in Australia, Black Box Live, um, in Adelaide, people who would normally be here are doing a very, very good job of doing a live performance and filming it properly and streaming that. But I, I, I have found myself not being particularly um, engaged by things that I see on a small screen on a phone or on a laptop. I want, to, I, want, I want the live experience and that'll be great next year when we can go back to that, that live experience. I think that's, that's what a fringe is. It's, it, it's, it's dangerous, it's risky and, it's, it, and it's, it's got that vibrant feel to it which online performances kind of lack I think. What about you, Alex? Have you done in terms of comedy any online stuff? Same thing. I didn't like. I, I didn't like it from the start. I just don't see, uh, you know, like value in it. 
I, I've watched a few performances. I mean, I appreciated that. You know, in the middle of the year, it's like a blessing to see, you know, your favorite comedians, you know, your friends doing something. But uh, personally, I, I don't think it's a way to go. More than that, I, I would strongly resist that. I'm like, I'm the resistance. <laughs> I'm like, I'm opposing it. It's that, that's the state. Like, that's the stance. Like, I don't want it to go that way. And how, talking about practicalities, how have you found things like accommodation? Because that's always a criticism, I suppose, isn't it? That accommodation is so here. expensive. I live here. Accommodation is very good. I recommend a move in here if you want to find accommodation. <laughs> it's a very beautiful city, isn't it? It is. If you've not been to Edinburgh, it's no. definitely worth a trip. What about yourself, if you don't mind me asking? Well, I, I also live here. Oh, uh, you can. The last five years, I was drawn to Edinburgh because of the festival. So, you know, it's, it's our home. How have you found accommodation? It's empty. Like I'm, I'm staying in the hostel, and they're all empty. Yeah. I don't have to bother again. Like, I, like this is a hostel I could never book because it was always, you know, filling out too quickly. Like I was always late. Now I can choose between like the best ones. So uh, it's good. <laughs> I, I've been curious. Have you? You've been to the fringe in previous years. Yeah. Have you found that the accommodation is cheaper this year? Yeah. Okay. I was just curious because it's some, obviously something that I don't, ex I've never experienced that side of the fringe being a tourist. Um, but I know it has been an issue, so I wonder. Uh, I've been extremely fortunate in that uh, a veteran, um, uh, a reservist who saw the play Shellshock in 2018, got in contact and said, I have a spare room, come and stay with me. And that is fantastic. What's really good, I'm not sure it's great from her perspective, but it's great from my perspective, is that she goes off to work at six o'clock in the morning and comes, <laughs> so I don't see her in the morning because I'm not up at six. Uh, and uh, I come back at about midnight and she's long in bed and we live completely separate lives. So it's working out very, very well indeed. You're living uh, on fringe time. I, fringe, I am living on fringe time. I'm not going to go to bed at midnight tonight though. 12.45 show, it's beginning to wear on me. I need an early night tonight. <laughs> Yeah, mornings are always overestimated. I've never really liked, never liked the idea of mornings. I know, because that's. I mean, I have to say that the <coughs> the local budget hotel isn't quite so budget this week. Uh, that's just me. Uh, so, so really, what what are your sort of hopes for the future then? Uh, you know, in terms of the uh, of the festival and the fringe, have you got a sort of? A, could you encapsulate it? I hope Assembly will have me back. It's <laughs> a good one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm um, sure they will. You come and approach me now. It's my I hope Assembly will have me back. <laughs> um, I don't know. I hope. I hope we can find a middle ground between this year and 2019. Um, I do feel it had maybe got too big, too unmanageable. I do think there are real benefits to having a slightly smaller focus. I feel that people are being seen where before they've been missed. Um, so we can find a middle ground. Let's go for 2,000 shows, not 4,000. That, yeah. that seems like a good place. <laughs> but I guess I wonder how that works under the with the premise of ed everyone is welcome. It, it's such a, it's a, such a curious balance to strike because there is no overall arbiter of it. I think one of the most interesting things this year is given the, the age of the festival, um, there were so many sacred cows of how things had to be done, how you had to, you know, you had to fly your show, all those kind of things. So I'm really, really interested. Naturally, I would be working in marketing. Is how many of those things have been reset by this different scenario? You know, is flyering ever going to return in its normal way? We just don't know. Um, so I'm really excited by the opportunities this year presents in people trying things out. Um, and the fringe sort of having a slightly different feel of, of going back to the idea of experimentation and in seeing what from that we keep in the future. 
Yeah, and of course, at one point, the idea of flyering actually handing a physical piece of paper to someone was was frowned upon, wasn't it? Just a few a few days ago. Tim, you've got some flyers. <laughs> what about yourself? What's your vision? Uh, you know, I, I've got some. I didn't actually produce these. My, my producer got these printed, and they're they're really rather nice. And I'm I'm going to hand a few out in a minute. I don't know whether, whether anyone will take them. What, what they normally do is open a conversation, and that's the other thing. Of course, is with fewer people here, this is a much more relaxed atmosphere, and people don't just say rude words to you when you offer them a flyer they tend to say oh what is it what is it, the show that you're doing and you actually end up having a conversation which is uh, amazing <laughs> yeah, I was talking to Mervyn Stutter who's been here for about 120 years as well Mervyn apparently that's how he, he used to do his a, a, a sort of a, his own acts and would start flyering and then people would say so what have you seen I mean I think he's been here for 37 years or 38 years and that was how his show Mervyn Stutter and Friends came about he just would recommend shows and then, then then ask other acts to come and do a session Every afternoon, that was how his thing happened. Well, that's interesting because I, I, I find it so much easier to sell somebody else's show than my own. Yeah. I mean, somebody asked me, so why should I see your show? And I said, well, I really don't know. Um, <laughs> Is that the actor in you, though, with no, all due respect? <laughs> you know, sackcloth and ashes, beat myself up. I'm rubbish, don't come and see me. Come and see Alex, he's great, he's really funny, you know. Um, but uh, that's a, that can sometimes kind of work as a kind of reverse psychology, I think, you know. Um, you know, come and see my play about a Nazi. It's hysterical. It's a bundle of nuts. Um, that, that, no, no, don't. Right. <laughs> but what about yourself, Alex? Have you got any aspirations and hopes for the future? How do you, how do you hope things will go? <laughs> you, you, you want the truth? Well, as long as it's decent. It's oh, it is. <laughs> no, I mean, I'll be... Uh, that be the, the the last you see of me. I mean, because next year, like you know, the industry will swallow everything back. I won't get the same room. I have to. I mean, being honest, you know, like I'm, uh, I'm not not on the top of a game. So for me, it'd be probably like you know, a dingy room somewhere on the outskirts of of, of of the city, with no one can get to, and uh, the time will be something like 8:30 in the morning or <laughs> half past one, and <laughs> there'll be three people. In the audience, that sort of thing. So, which apparently used to be when I first came to Edinburgh in 1992. That was we were doing. We were at a place called Marco's, which apparently has been knocked down now. I found out the other day, and uh, that we were getting sort of 40. I did an adaptation of Shakespeare's Henry V called Henry V Line of England, which in fact we brought to uh, to, to up to here to uh, to assembly a couple of years ago, um, and we were getting 40 odd people, and I was going, that's not very good. And then I found out I'd never been to Edinburgh before. I had no idea the average was four. Mm -hmm. uh, so that kind of puts it in perspective. So how many times have you been to the Fringe then? Is this it, it's like, I think it's my 13th time over 20 wow, years. Wow, well done, mate. And it's my sixth show, not counting others, uh, like just, you know, opening for the acts, etc. Fantastic. So, I mean, well, I mean, you must like it if you keep coming back then. <laughs> what, what, would you say to, what would you say is the, the main reason for you coming here? Fun. Yeah. It's, it's that simple. I mean, it's... It is a unique experience. You can... People, again. Like, as what I'm saying, like, I, I find flying enjoyable yeah. because you talk to people. You know, that is... Uh, everyone is, everyone is, everyone is good, having a good time, you know. I'm not pushing anyone. But it's like, that's a part of a fringe. You know, new people, you, you ask them what they want to do, you know. Oh, so a lot of this, you know, smaller show, you take parts in, you know, different... Like compilation shows, panel shows, all these things. Secret events. There's always something which you have to kind of find out. Something like you know productions, which you know you get to be like a friend of a friend. There's all this stuff. It's it's, it's really. I mean, you know, 
You know it. It's yeah. I kind of we we we, yes, we met up literally. You said you look like an interesting chap. Have a flyer. Well, you didn't actually. I asked for a flyer. Although having said that, it was also weird for me because I t talking to people and actually you know without masks on and not was I had COVID. Yay! I was an early developer. What do you call it? I got it in January, uh, which is the best time to get COVID because the pubs were shut. Uh, so so and I've been double jabbed since. But it took me by surprise that actually being out and about talking to people. So the main thing, <coughs> excuse me, the most important thing of all, uh, I'm Nick Hedigan, this is Residence 104.4 FM, and we're also on bohemianbritain.com and the London Literary Pub Call.com and in all good shops near you. No, no, we're not. Um, the main thing, I suppose, uh, for Literary London um, is where can we find out more about what you're doing? So we need to know uh, websites, basically. Now, I guess from the assembly point of view, you're doing PR for assembly, so uh, you haven't got anything to particularly sell other than the glory of the Well, evening. if you're in Edinburgh, you can go to www.assemblyfestival.com. If you find yourself down south still, you can go to www.assemblyfestivalgarden.com and come visit our beautiful site in Coventry. What was the second one? assemblyfestivalgarden.com Garden, yes. Okay, brilliant. And uh, you would, you'd second that? <laughs> I would second that. And if you find yourself neither near Coventry or Edinburgh, you can also go to assemblyfestival.com where about half our programme is online so you can get a flavour of the Fringe no matter where you are in the world. And most of those artists are artists who would have joined us in person but for various reasons haven't been able to but we've still got a stage for them to show you what they've got. Brilliant. And Tim? www.assemblyfestival.com <laughs> uh, uh, What's on page, you'll find Shell Shock, which is on this week and next week. I do Dr. Watson, uh, so that'll be just Watson, the final problem, uh, at assemblyfestival.com. And have a listen to the previous show, because we've had a chat. You and I have had a, a separate chat on our own, so there's more information there. Yes, there is. Uh, have a listen to that as well, yeah. <laughs> and what about yourself, Alex? How can we find out more about you what you do? find it in, online. <laughs> um, <laughs> you have to walk there. You have, to, you have to do the mile. It's on the corner of Nidri Street and, and Cowgate. That's the only way. Whatever their WWW is. That's the... Yeah. <laughs> and what about... <laughs> tell us the, yeah. What's the name of your show again? Anything Goes. And will you come back next year? Will it be called Anything Goes Again? Or just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, part two. Now, now in 3D. Yes, yes. <laughs> No, it's going to be a different show. Yeah. The same material. Though. I just want people to be able to find you next year. That's all. They just have to all hang around the Royal Mile, look for a man with a kilt. That's exactly. That's you see way. a few of those in Scotland, don't you? You'll find me. Yeah, yeah. I'll find you. Yeah. What tartan is it? What tartan is it? What tartan? Uh, this is weathered black watch. Okay. I know it because I met a guy wearing the same tartan, and he told me what it is. I never, I never knew what it was. Before. And where did you get it from? <laughs> oh, my wife. That's a, it's, it's a present. Yeah. Yeah, that's a. It's it, it's actually it's a half tartan. It's it's Italian made. It's a very it's a, it's a very delicate job. It's very nice. Yeah. Apparently, it's a Hennigan tartan. I found Hennigan's Irish. My name is a Hennigan tartan. No, I just thought to share that. Um, chaps and chapesses, thank you so much for your time. Uh, and I hope we all have a, a brilliant rest of the festival. And I hope we can all do the same thing at this very table in Assembly Gardens in Edinburgh this time next year. <laughs> thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you Nick. Thank you very much. And thank you for your time as well. Uh, I'm Nick Hennigan. This is Literary London on, oh, let me remember the things, bohemianbritain.com, uh, londonliteraryprobcrawl.com, and, of course, on Tutwireless. Yes. 
I'll see you next time. I'm Nick Hennigan. It's literally landed on Resonance 104.4 FM.